we've got that pilot research that we're doing in the state of Mississippi, which I'm really excited about. And uh, I'd encourage everybody listening to, to go check it out. It, it seems like it's going to be awesome stuff with, it's, I mean, it's never been done before turkey research. So I'm super excited to see how that's going to help estimate wild turkey populations. And also in that same study, and Alex, you'll appreciate this, you know how hard it is to, to trap these birds and and not harm them and really disturb them, but this is groundbreaking DNA technology that they picked up feathers and poop. And there's enough, there's enough DNA on those feathers that when they mold in the summer that they Camel can identify that person's Bow in my hand Walking in the early dawn to climb up Hey Redbone, did you hear about that new deer feed? What new deer feed? Hey Buck Grits boys, you ain't heard of that yet? Buck Grits? Buckgrits.com Well tell us about it. What makes it better than any other deer feed? Well Buck Grits has got the protein a deer needs, it's got the fat a deer needs, it's got the amino acids, it's got the energy, it's got it all brother. It's gonna well, bring them back after the rut and it's gonna put a rack on their head. And it's gonna help the lactate and doe I assume too after they have the fawns. That's right, keep the fawns going and get them for the next crop. Well where can I get Buck Grits? buckgrits.com you can get a sample you can order it directly from the website and we're coming to a retailer near you if you want to help a deer herd use buck grits i've been on a big board for a while like a load him in the back of my truck we can take it to a holler take it to a field across the creek up a big old Wise Eye, Hornady, Amped Outdoors, Eagle Seed, Buck Grits presents American Roots Outdoors. Welcome to the show. I'm calling in from my home office to the studio to K Country 95 with Mike Redbone Crace and Wayne Locke in the studio, guys. How's it going, guys? It is a hot, hot, blistering day here in the park. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be that way for a while. I was looking at the National Weather Service data and and uh, listening to some of the um, the trained meteorologists, and they're saying we may have another thirty days before we get much relief in this stuff. So, hang on to your hats, folks, and water your gardens. Water your garden. <laughs> use NutriPlot to keep everything green. You're not going to believe my tomato plants and cucumber plants, everybody. My tomato plants are loaded down heavier than they've ever been, and so is my peach trees. You've seen them on the live feeds, haven't you? Uh, yes. Yeah, they look good. They look really good. Yeah, yeah. be treating those food plots with NutriPlot and your gardens with NutriPlot right now. You know, one quart treats up to an acre of 10 gallons of water. Do you know that, Redbone? Wow, I didn't know that. Right? Yeah, and you can also yeah. use it on your lawns for that that greener lawn, too, because with no rain, it's going to be pretty brown pretty quick. <laughs> well, I don't mind that because then well, I God. don't have to mow. You don't have to mow. That's, that is the <laughs> bonus. That is the bonus. <laughs> yeah. What about those St. Louis Cardinals, 37 and 27 right now, the leaders in their league? Yeah, you mean that team that's just a 500 team? They're doing pretty good. <laughs> I knew he was going to say it. <laughs> They've come a long way. They're pitching to get back. Nicholas had an awesome game uh, last night. Yeah, Tuesday night. Yeah, almost through the no-hitter. He was within a strike. 
of throwing the first no-hitter for the Cardinals since 2001 when a guy named Bud Smith threw one. And, uh, and boy, and, and, you know, they just, uh, Bader just couldn't get to the fly ball to catch it at the end. But, uh, you know, great performance, and they're going to need that. And I know with Flaherty coming back and Hicks getting ready to come back, some of those pitchers, Alex, are, I think, starting to realize that, you know what, if I don't get better, I'm not going to have a job yeah. on this team. I'm going to get sent back down to Memphis, and nobody wants to do that. No offense to Memphis, but uh, nobody wants to be in the minor leagues. They all want to be in the big dance. Exactly. Miklas made a strong showing last night, and I predict that he's going to move up. What do you say? Yeah. Well, he'll. I mean, he's he, he's been that guy for you know as long as he's played for the Cardinals now three years, four years, whatever it's been. Uh, kind of Mister Dependable. I mean, he, he's not going to blow a lot of people away and. Uh, but he he eats up innings and and he's there every time you need him. He's he's pretty injury free uh, now, so yeah, one of those mainstays. And you got to have those guys, those guys that you know aren't the big stars, but they just get the job done and they do it adequately, adequately, adequately en- enough for you to uh, to keep them on the squad. Yes. Well, I want to change gears here a little bit and talk about this hot weather and talk about what the bass are doing in the lakes and what they're doing in the rivers right now. The bass in the rivers are moving to the swifter water, which creates more oxygen. And you're seeing a lot of the fish move into deeper water with these hotter temperatures during the middle of the day. Then they'll move up in the mornings and the evenings and at night because the temperatures are cooler, of course. So concentrate on your shallow water early and late in the evenings uh, for lake fishing and river fishing. You'll find them at the lower end of the hose and close to swift water. Yeah, boy, and there's nothing more fun than to get out early in the morning or late in the evening and, and get on the upside of a, a little area of swift water and, and catch those fish coming in to feed. Yes, yes. Lots of bear sightings right now, Redbone and Wayne, in the Ozarks. People are seeing bears. Uh, we want to tell all of our listeners, do not be putting your dog food on the porch or your cat food or your table scraps out on your porch because bears will come to your house. Yeah. So avoid that. I've captured three bear in the last week and a half on my Wise-Eye cameras, and I've posted those on Facebook for everybody to see. If you see a mama bear with cubs, avoid being around them. The mama bear can be very vicious. The other bear will not bother you. They're more like a raccoon if they're by themselves and they don't have cubs with them. Yeah. And, Alec, wasn't it just last week that there was a, a bear inside the city limits of Mountain View? Yes, there was. There was one right in broad daylight in the middle of the day uh, by the Casey General Store right there in <laughs> downtown Mountain View, Missouri. <laughs> right in the middle of town. And we've had that happen in Thayer before when there have been uh, a bear. I mean, it was in my uncle's backyard up in his tree and uh, – yeah, it's just strange where they'll take themselves when they're looking for food. Yes. A lot of the farmers also, everybody, uh, we're changing gears to another subject here, are cutting their hay, and, and uh, you need to be aware if you're driving county roads or anything, watching out for young fawns with their does, and uh, if you're cutting hay, watch for the fawns, and also watch for hens' nests in the field. Some of these hens have not hatched out yet. Uh, yeah, and and another thing also is if you're traveling uh, lesser traveled roads and highways and gravel roads uh, during hay season, you need to be on the outlook when you're driving 
so you don't come around the corner or top a hill and run into the back of a hay baler or, or something like that. you got to watch out for the farmers who are moving from field to field and property to property out on the roadways, too. Yes, I would agree. Yeah, and speaking I of, say uh, I say speaking of fawns, ahead, I Mark. just uh, posted a picture today of a uh, a baby fawn that was I saw it yesterday and it was still wobbling in the field, so it was you know newly born, and uh, it was sitting underneath uh, my buck grits uh, feeder <laughs> in the shade. Uh, my wise eye, you know, got a camera right on it and it was able to capture it just you know nestled underneath the feeder there, uh, trying to stay cool in that, and uh, you know, but like Alex was saying, that's one of the reasons like I don't uh, mow. And I know Alex doesn't mow this time of year our uh, food plots and that to try and keep them down uh, simply for the fact you don't know what you're going to be, especially when it gets tall. You don't want to run over a a baby deer. That's a sick feeling. And uh, we don't want to destroy any nest. We need as many as we can get right now. Well, the farmers have to cut their hay, and it's understandable. And most of your farmers watch out for the fawns and they watch out for the nest. But that being said, another reason why we don't mow our pastures is because the taller pastures creates uh, insects for the turkeys and also creates cover for the fawns that are staying away from predators and stay hid. So that's another reason why we don't do that. That being said, we've got a great show lined up. We're going to do a check-in with Turkeys for Tomorrow with Mr. Ron Jolly. We've got another great guest, and uh, he's a young man, Mr. Grubb, Chase Grubb, will be there. He's also with Turkeys for Tomorrow. They've got a fundraiser going on. It's going to be unbelievable. You can buy raffle tickets, and you can win some hunts that will blow your mind. We'll go go to a break. When we come back, we'll have Ron Jolly and Chase Grubb with Turkeys for Tomorrow right after this. Right here, right now, this is Chancy Walters listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge, the Ozark Herd Bull. Wishing on some love. I've been on a big board for a while. Redbone, what would you say if I could tell you that you could kill a buck on a certain day? I would say you're crazy. There's no way to predict how the bucks are going to move. Well, you're wrong. There's a new camera out called Wise Eye Technologies. These guys can predict the actual deer movement exact time that a deer is going to come through. Really? Wise Eye Technology? This camera has five megapixel pictures, has a GPS system built inside, and it's an experience using this camera. It collects data and tells you the movement, wind direction, everything. On a camera? On a camera. WiseEyeTechnologies.com. And how do I find out more information about these guys? You go to WiseEyeSmartCam.com. I'm using them. You should, too. Make your hunt easier. Use WiseEye. Slaughter Fishing presents. Welcome back to American Reach Outdoors, segment two of our show. And as promised, we've got another great show, as always, lined up for you. And one of the greatest organizations ever started out there is Turkeys for Tomorrow. And if you just go to their social media pages and look at the research that these folks are doing on the wild turkey, it is absolutely mind blowing, isn't it, Wayne? Oh, yeah, definitely. And you talk about a, a great organization. This is one where, you know, uh, when we had Ron on before, we talked about their mission statement, and it was short, sweet, to the point, and 30 years from now, it'll still be the same mission statement because it, I see no reason to ever change it. Yes, Turkey's Tomorrow is the new, uh, how would I say this? It's the organization that I want to promote and help drive and we get more people involved in 
As promised, we got special guest Mr. Ron Jolly and Chase Grubb with Turkeys for Tomorrow on here. Redbone, welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thanks for having us, Alex. Yeah, thank you for having us, Alex. Yes, sir. No, now, Ron, most people already know who you are and your background, your roots. Let's talk to Chase real quick about his roots. Chase, tell us who Chase Grubb is. Well, Alex, I grew up hunting, fishing, farming, uh, pretty much like everybody uh, grew up in the country did. And I graduated from Virginia Tech back in 2020, which wasn't that long ago, so I'm a pretty young guy. And uh, I got my start in the outdoor industry at Midwest Whitetail. I kind of went through their internship pipeline. Uh, so many guys have gone through during the outdoor industry, uh, especially some of the younger guys. Mm-hmm. And I got involved with Turkeys for Tomorrow a little over a year ago, and it's been uh, full speed ahead pretty much since. Uh, what is your job description there with Turkeys for, t- for Tomorrow? What, what is your title? Uh, my title is Director of Marketing. Uh, I kind of oversee the day-to-day. Um, pretty much anything Turkeys for Tomorrow, I, I've got my hand in, involved with it somehow, seems like. Well, you're doing a great job. Wouldn't you agree, Redbone and Wayne? Yeah, I, w- I would agree. And, and you know, my question would be right here was what drew you to Turkeys for Tomorrow as opposed to a, a different group? Turkeys for Tomorrow, uh, so I first talked to Ron, gosh, I think – early, early back in March of 2021, which was a few short weeks after they got their official nonprofit status. And just the conversation we had on the phone, what he was telling me he was hoping to accomplish, and being so young, I really just was drawn to it from the beginning because the wild turkey for so long, we've seen these declines. The areas I grew up hunting, we saw declines, and it didn't seem like we knew why it wasn't an organization that was just focused on the research and implementing the solutions to figure out what was going on. And with talking to Ron and getting that first phone call from him, seeing how genuine it was, the availability of everybody on the board to get him on the phone, have a conversation. I was like, man, that's, that's a group of guys that I'd like to work for and, and like to build relationships with and, and go to battle for every day to try to help turkeys. Very cool. Yes, it is. And, and I want to say this. I've seen one bunch of young turkeys, and it was about two and a half, three weeks ago, and they was not over three or four inches tall. They was small. And I've talked to several other people that seen turkeys here in the Ozarks, and some of them said they're as big as a chicken, some of them already. So we've had different early hatches, and we're having late hatches right now, uh, Ron and Chase and Wayne. Well, yesterday I was actually riding around from the back of in Alabama, and I ended up seeing three hens and about 45 poults between the three of them. So it was the most poults I've ever seen uh, on the side of the road there, just in somebody's fire when it was disked up. And they were pretty early on. And uh, I really think that pushing the season back a little bit in Alabama, there's just time to breed and do their thing. It's going to help in the long run. I really do. Did you mark that location on your GPS? <laughs> Go back yeah, there in three more years. <laughs> yeah, there was there was a whole gaggle of them on the side of the road. Oh, that's great news to hear. Well, it sounds like you guys are really organized within the, your organization, and you got great direction. And Ron Jolly is a true, true uh, mentor and a legend to me in the outdoor industry. And I thank you guys for what you're doing. 
And again, American Roots Outdoors, we support you guys and what you're doing, and that's why we got you on the show. And we just want to commend you all for that. But uh, the research that you're doing is phenomenal. And, you know, you're, it's like you're taking it at a different level than other organizations are. And it seems like your focus uh, is really uh, more on the future than it is other aspects of the outdoor industry. Well, for instance, Alex, when I was on the last time on your show, you topped out with turkey hunting. But Wayne and I had a good time. We had a good time. Hey, you're throwing me under the bus, dude. I didn't throw you under the bus. sound good. But uh, there were some things that I was not at liberty to discuss then. But since that show, we've announced a, a project in the state of Kentucky with, uh, in conjunction with University of Georgia and Dr. Michael Chamberlain and Tennessee Tech University. And that project is, is primarily it's an expansion of the footprint of what we're doing here in Alabama. Um, but we just, how long, Chase, two days ago? Officially two days. Uh, we kind of, we've been talking about it now for about a week, but we've got that pilot research that we're doing in the state of Mississippi, which I'm really excited about, and uh, I'd encourage everybody listening to, to go check it out. It, it seems like it's going to be awesome stuff. With it's, I mean, it's never been done before turkey research, so I'm super excited to see how that's going to help estimate wild turkey populations. And also in that same study, and, and Alex, you'll appreciate this. You know how hard it is to to trap these birds and and not harm them and really disturb them, but this is groundbreaking DNA technology that they pick up feathers and poop. And yeah. there's enough there's enough DNA on those feathers at, when they molt in the summer that they can identify that turkey as as who it is. And yeah. and um, from the, the poop they pick up they can identify parasites, diseases, so we're really excited about that, and that's with Mississippi State and um, and uh, Dr. Mark McConnell at Mississippi State. And the NWTF as well. Yeah, yeah, and the NWTF is in, and, and well, they're in, at some level, the NWTF is, is partnering in all these projects now, and, right. and that's a good thing. That is. is a good thing. That is. So it sure is. Yeah, as you can say, yeah, you know, I was going to say we got we got to go to a break here in a moment. But I would like to to ask a couple of questions about that particular research and and what it is that you're trying to find out from that research. Uh, but first, we need to go to break. We're back with more American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends right after this. This is Brenda Valentine, and you're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. How many of you are tired of your batteries running out of energy, out of power? Let me tell you about Amped Outdoors. I've changed using the batteries I have had in the past. Amped Outdoors, I have the new 80 amp, 24 volt, single battery, weighs 46 pounds. This thing has produced energy all day long. Tested for two days, total use 11 hours. Cannot tell the batteries have even lost any energy. Go to Amped Outdoors if you want to be successful and not run out of power. And my old pair of hunting boots passed on down, planted deep in the ground. Around your 
Amped Outdoors presents Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors, segment three of the show. And again, we've got turkeys for tomorrow, Mr. Ron Jolly, and also Chase Grubb. And man, have they shared some mind-blowing information of some of their studies they're doing, Wayne and Redbone. And, and let's just touch on that before we get back to those guys. Have you ever heard of anybody researching poop within turkeys <laughs> and feathers? I was just at the... I was just at the Turkey Symposium, uh, the 12th Annual Turkey Symposium last week, and Adam Butler with Mississippi Game and Fisheries, he kind of codenamed it the Poop Project. So <laughs> I guess we'll go ahead and get some shirts out of the Poop Project to try to raise some funding. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Now, you guys, let me tell you, I've never heard of this before within the turkey. I mean, within turkey, wild turkey studies. This is pretty cool. I was on a phone call this morning, Ron. Uh, everybody, with Joe Mose. You remember Joe Mose, Ron? I don't. Yeah, you do. He was a cameraman for the NWTF. He traveled with Rob Keck for years. Joe Mose. Okay, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Anyway, he said he remembers you, and I was telling about our podcast, and we got to talking. He has a degree in biology, wildlife biology, and he's also a forester right now, so that's his main job. And we was talking about why, why – what is causing the decline in turkeys all across the country? He touched on something that absolutely a uh, little light within my, my, my head to think about. Because Alex was a many people that is feeding today, especially a lot of people just feeding corn. How do we know that corn is not affecting the fertilization of some of these turkeys? So think about that. If they're not getting the it's right protein, yeah. It could be something. There's three barren pieces on my property right now without any pulse. And there's a lot of corn. It's been, it's been thought about. Um, in Mississippi did a project and several other states have, have, have done studies and they know that that corn, especially in the south, left unattended on the ground and this high humidity develops what's called aflatoxins. And they know that it's, it's especially detrimental to polks and to some some extent adult birds on their reproductive capabilities. So, but this the poop study will also know uh, detect aflatoxin levels, parasites, other diseases, uh, and we're looking at that in disease studies in, in Kentucky and Alabama. So, it's a good point, but it's it's not a novel point because. The biologists have already thought of that, and, you know, what do we do if we prove it? I, I mean, you think people are going to give up their going feeders for deer? That's going to be a tough sell. Yeah, I think you're serious, serious conservationists. Well, I do. The serious one. But what percentage is serious about it? How many of them want to just kill a turkey over corn or bait or use it to hold them or, or whatever? And how many want to be conservationists? That's the question. Well, another thing gotcha. I, I would say, another thing it may do if they find the study to be the corn causing the effect is that it may cause uh, feeding uh, companies to alter their food to incorporate maybe more nutritionist seeds and stuff like that in with the feed, uh, so that it tackles two birds with one stone: the deer and the turkeys. Obviously, the deer will leave the the seeds alone, but the turkey, when those seeds get on the ground, the deer don't eat it. The turkeys will have a more nutritious and, uh, uh, you know, supplement well, other variety. than just corn, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, so here, here's my question, guys, well, and I want to go back to the what it, what is called, the, <laughs> I love this, the poop project. Uh, in this study, what are you actually, and I know early on you said that uh, uh, maybe uh, would be a, a new way to help identify birds and then estimate population. I mean, is that primarily the goal of doing that study, or what do you hope to find out from that study? So what we're looking at is uh, what factors we can use to identify individual birds and build basically, I mean, population estimates. Uh, every bird on a, land, on a landscape, we've got eight study sites. Hopefully we'll collect a sample and be able to build models for how many turkeys are on that landscape and then apply it statewide based off of terrain features and other, you know, geological mm-hmm. and habitat limiting factors just to say, okay, this is a pretty good estimate, better than hunter surveys that are turning at the end of the year for how many turkeys we have in the state. And it, that information would be really vital in mm-hmm. when we hunt them and, and how many we're able to harvest over the next few years. Hey, Chase, uh, and I... I got a question then uh, going off of what you're just saying. Now, is this something that you may be looking like generations down the line of the, of the turkey saying, well, turkey A that we, you know, had a sample from eight years ago, uh, it, we're finding more offspring from that DNA from turkey A than opposed to turkey, you know, G, uh, who we're not finding much offspring. And why, are you going to then look at, you know, why is turkey A more successful in breeding than, say, turkey G? Yes, and what the biologists and the scientists would do is compare, the first thing they'll do is compare the habitats at A and G of the birds A and the bird G lived in. And then they, everybody knows habitat is crucial. Yes. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, thought that there may be ways to improve the habitat where turkey G is so they can catch up. Okay, good. Good stuff. Good that, stuff. Good I don't think stuff. that's like you, you like you said. That's it, never been done this, before. Red this Bowen. project. Yeah. This project is is kind of a pilot. This first year is a pilot to make sure it's going to work. This work has been done on other animals, uh, but not turkeys before. And it's really like we. I mean, it's applying it to everyday uses, which would be population estimates of wild turkeys in states that we all love to hunt that may not necessarily have accurate estimates for how many birds they have on their landscape it uh i mean like you guys said this stuff is is groundbreaking and it could really really help state agencies as they're managing the resource in the future yeah and i can see it spreading uh, alex from state to state to try and get a better idea of just exactly how many turkeys there are and i know you know in, in missouri uh you know most of it's hunter surveys and and people that do that kind of thing going out and glassing fields and and making estimates just based on what they're seeing but to really be able to track individual birds and, and offspring of those birds, that really is cool. I mean, that's 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 next level. Well, again, you can see why Turkeys for Tomorrow is one of the trendsetters, and they're getting a lot of attention in the outdoor industry because of the good deeds and the, the information that they're bringing. They're, they're, they're innovators. So these guys are really doing studies that truly need to be done. And one of our biggest goals early on, which is really where Ron sold me getting involved with Turkey for Tomorrow, was this research that's been done over the last few years, it seems to never trickle down to the habitat managers. It doesn't get into the guys who can influence the private land's hands. It stays in the research community. And for years, that's kind of just how it's op- operated. You know, you write a formal paper, you get a degree, and, and that was that. 
Uh, Turkeys for Tomorrow, our whole goal is to educate hunters, land managers, and state agencies on the research that's being done, where we can apply it, and how we can implement solutions to, like put, like we said from the very beginning, put more turkeys on the landscape. Wow, that's fantastic. So you guys are doing that. Hey, Alex. definitely doing that. Alex, uh, one other thing that I find very interesting, that we're not going to be putting GPS towers on uh, backpacks on these birds in Mississippi. Because if Turkey A poops here, if they pick his poop up over there, you know, they can establish his range if, if they just pick up, you know, depending on where they pick it up, it gives you a, a good idea of his range, where he's moving and stuff like that. So wow. it's very cutting edge, and I'm excited about it. But yeah. when I first heard about the study, I, I had my own questions and reservations, and uh, I just told myself in my head, which obviously none of the listeners can do it, do it now unless you're walking around in the summer but uh i was like okay i'm gonna hunt xwma today i'm gonna walk around in the woods and on the road and see how much how many turkey droppings i see just to see if this project would be feasible and you you don't realize how much is just laying around and how many feathers you pass if you go on a walk through the woods in the morning during turkey season it uh it really is i mean we're gonna have tons and tons of data from this project all right, it sounds like a good place for us to take a break here. We need to uh, need to pay some bills. We'll be back with more American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends in just a moment. Hey, everybody, this is Michael Waddell with Bone Collector, and you're listening to my buddy Alex Rutledge on American Roots Outdoors, man. Around your heart, so you never got to worry what the wind might do, American Hey, turkey hunters, this is Alex Rutledge. Have you heard about Apex Ammunition? If you haven't, they are American-owned, American-made, made one at a time, hand-loaded. These turkey loads will give you the confidence that you need to close the deal on that old hook daddy long beard gobbler. For more information, go to www.apexammunition.com. Welcome back to the final segment of the radio show, segment four. Again, we've covered some great information, Wayne Redbone with Ron and Chase. And Chase, a very knowledgeable young man, and what a great asset for turkeys for tomorrow, Chase Grubbs is. And, uh, man, some of the things they've covered is taking the turkey studies to a completely different level. Would you agree, Wayne? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is like... Redbone said before that you know this is cutting edge stuff here that you you know you've never heard being applied to turkeys and I, in my head you know when we we're on break and while Chase was talking and and Ron was talking I'm thinking all the different aspects that this these studies and these findings with the DNA can go and it's just it's almost endless you know depending upon how you want to apply it and there's going to be a lot of industries that are going to be wanting and begging for the uh, results of these studies too yeah and I think there are going to be state agencies that are in the future. And maybe years down the road, if the study does what they hope that it does, uh, will do, uh, they're going to say, "All right, when you're out hunting, make take a take a Ziploc bag and pick up your turkey poop." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, don't be surprised. You know, Y'all grab grab a feather. feather send, or, you know, or, mail it in, yeah. or submit you know? feathers from the bird that you harvest. Right. Yeah, with the, with the date and uh, what coordinates, uh, you know, yeah, exactly. whatever you. Yeah, wow. That being said, all these studies that they're doing, everybody takes revenue. And I want to encourage all of our listeners to join 
the Texas for Tomorrow organization. You can become a lifetime member, an annual member, or a yearly member, and we're going to do that. All of us here at American Roots are going to become members for sure. Uh, but I want to tell you, they, they've got a fundraiser that's coming up. Let's talk about that, Ron. Well, we were blessed by um, a gentleman named uh, Dan Brayman from Texas joined as a life member, and, and I make it a habit to, to call and thank those guys who do that. And that conversation led to a big heart on that end of the line, and, and he donated. He has a, a, a ranch in New Mexico. It's a pretty exclusive elk tag. It's a $24,000 hunt. Wow. And he donated that for us to try to enhance our membership. Wow. And um, that's on our website now. Um, there's all kinds of levels that you can get tickets to be that drawing. The drawing, what the hell? So the, the, the drawing's going to be on August 1. So it's going to run for the next month. And uh, guys that are going to our website right now and, and trying to purchase memberships, that's that's how we're giving the memberships right now is just through this membership drive is what we're calling it. Um, so if you guys looked at our website two months ago, uh, it, it, it's going to look a little bit different. The elk tag and the descriptions are, are all listed on the Join Today tab. And like Ron said, there's all kind of options depending on what you're wanting to do. And, I mean, it's really going to be a great hunt. And like Ron said, we're super thankful to Dan Bremen and all the guys at Wildlifers TV who made this possible just because a lot of guys out there, they've turned their attention to elk and, and whitetails, and we're able to help get them there with uh, this grapple chance at this elk hunt. This is a nine-day hunt, guys. I mean, it's, it's not a three-day hunt. This is a nine-day hunt, and it will be a um, typical bugling elk hunt. It's an archery hunt, and it'll be in New Mexico, and um, everything's furnished except your license, and you get in there. And the, the bulls on this little trailer video on the website, that's pretty impressive stuff, guys. And wow. all the money raised is, is going right back to help the wild turkey. And that's that's really important, and that's how we design that. We're not doing anything else with the money. It's, it's going right back to help wild turkeys, and, and we're really proud of that. There will also be another winner who will win on um, a Fox Tactical rifle and a one-year uh, subscription to Onyx Elite. So, you know, there, there'll be, uh, I think there'll be a lot of interest in this for us over, and we certainly hope so. Yeah, so guys, right now would be a good time for us to tell us what is the website. Turkeysfortomorrow.org. Turkeysfortomorrow.org. Spelled out F O R. All right, so so not turkeys for number, turkeys for the word tomorrow. Yes, sir. You know, I was looking at their membership yeah. prices here, and they're they're reasonable. I mean, anybody can join. You don't have to be rich. You know, I mean, it costs right. the lowest one is. Uh, uh, what are we looking at here? Five gallons of gas, and the uh, the, the the average one is ten gallons of gas. Uh, so. <laughs> That's a poopy comment. <laughs> no, but I mean, all kidding aside, I mean the the membership uh, is one of the things that are attracting for people here is the pricing. You know, twenty five dollars for a junior, you know, to get your sign your kids up in that. I mean, that's that's peanuts. You know, and and for them to be able to help and know that they're you know 
participating in such a great cause, and especially if you get them involved and in, in following them on Facebook and that, uh, you know, they could see where their their membership's going. And for an, an average adult, if they just want an annual membership, it's only fifty dollars. And I will say too, we're not just reaching the turkey hunters on Facebook, Instagram. We're on all the outdoor talk forums like Hunt Talk, Old Gobbler, um, gosh, George Outdoors, Mississippi Outdoors. I mean, all those hunt forums where turkey hunters have been for years. We find ourselves there as well, and we try to share information that's relevant and and get the discussion going because. We're turkey hunter based. Turkey hunters are what we were founded on, and, and we like to hear from all our turkey hunters. So we encourage people that are turkey hunters and enjoy spending time in the spring woods to join our organization because we were born from turkey hunters, and we plan on always listening to those guys. Now, for the younger crowd, do you have a uh, a TikTok uh, page? <laughs> no, we're not on TikTok yet. Well, we got to work but on that. But you will be. We got to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to see. I want to see Chase I, out I there dancing. The TikTok ass, and I'm only 23, so I think the TikTok crowd is a little bit younger than, than even me. But I, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I I, uh, I don't have it yet. Yeah, well, I'm 61. Well, I've got TikTok, and I'm 58 years old. I was like, I'm 61, and I got TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> well, y'all are cutting speed, man. <laughs> Uh, the last thing I wanted to say, though, while, we, while we've got people going to turkeysfortomorrow.org is uh, we've got a survey, and speaking of listening to turkey hunters, that's the perfect time to go in there, fill that out, and the last three questions are open-ended. Leave us your comments, and uh, it's a post-spring 2022 hunt survey, so let us know how your season was, and uh, we've got 1,600 responses already, and we're trying to get to 3,000, so if you guys are listening and could go fill that out, it takes less than five minutes. Well, we want to help you get that goal and reach that goal, and uh, we're going to become members. Uh, after we hang up here, Ron, I'll call you back, and we're going to sign up our memberships. We want to become members for Turkeys for Tomorrow. We want to encourage all of our listeners to become members of this. This organization is doing phenomenal work to help for the future of our kids and our grandkids so they can have wild turkeys to hunt for the future. I want to, again, commend you guys for the wonderful job that you guys are doing within Turks for Tomorrow and the staff that I haven't met yet. And uh, I really... the staff. <laughs> that is the staff, okay. <laughs> well, Ron, uh, uh, maybe we can do some more things. We'll talk about it. And uh, if we, we want to ask you to do a favor for us. We want to ask you to share our social media of this podcast on your forum to all your listeners and viewers so they can hear your guys' interview for the future. And also... If you can give us a gift, a cap, or decals for Texas for Tomorrow, we can give it away in some of our giveaways. And Wayne will get that information from you if you wouldn't mind doing that. No, sir. We'll get you something in the mail tomorrow. That will be beautiful. Wayne, Red Bull? Yeah, just because the radio show's ending doesn't mean that the show's ending. Go over to the podcast, uh, your favorite podcast carrier, listen, and you can catch the bonus segment. If you missed any of the beginning of the uh, radio show, you can catch the entire show in its entirety there also. Redbone. Now, when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. So you never got to worry what the wind might do, American joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station. Eagle Seed presents Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors, a bonus segment. 
This is Wayne Lack's specialty moment here. Wayne usually wraps up the show. And what great guests Ron Jolly and Mr. Chase Grubb have been, and with all the knowledge that they've given to all of us. And, again, I just want to stretch to all of our listeners, man, you want to join an organization that's going to do something to help the future of the wild turkey. Join Turkeys for Tomorrow. Wayne? Yeah, and if you want to join, just scroll down on your uh, podcast uh, description here that you clicked on, and uh, you'll see the links to uh, different areas that uh, you want to research and uh, go from there and uh, join, uh, fill out the surveys. And and I know we left off the radio show just kind of touching base on surveys and that, and then off the air before we started the bonus segment, uh, Ron was talking about the importance of surveys and and some of the ones that are going on and that they were shocked for a uh, turkey number that they actually got uh, exceeding their goal. Uh, so, you know, Chase, Ron, why don't you uh, talk about the surveys that you have going on and some that you may want to do in the future here and the importance of them. Okay, I'll, I'll talk about the, the survey for the Alabama study, and then I'll let Chase finish up. But the Alabama study, we our goal was to collect 300 harvested birds to do fertility testing, disease testing, um, what else, Chase? Um it's, it's really grown. Uh, now we're sending the femurs off to Michigan uh, State. And, I mean, we're looking at everything you can look at with, with turkeys. Crop contents. Um, okay. Then they're going back to these areas where they were harvested and looking at, at um, habitat and then analyzing that. Um, lots of stuff. But then the annual, the 2022 spring survey that's on our website, is it 24 questions? 24 questions. 24 questions. And we'll take all that data, and I'm sure that we're going to see some interesting things. Like in the, the survey we did the year before, 68% of the people who took that said that the turkeys in, in the areas they hunted, which was 46 states and two Canadian provinces. Here, well, I, I, I can give you guys that. We had... Uh, 1,300 total responses from 47 states, and out of those 1,300 responses, 915 hunters indicated the population in the areas they hunted was down, and that was wow. just mind-blowing. That's a small sample size, but at that same time, I mean, we reached 900 hunters who felt like the quality of their hunt was down and there wasn't as many turkeys as there was 15 years ago, which I thought that was right when I first got involved with PFT, and I, that was just shocking to me. Well, Chase, actually, that that you may have just answered the question I was getting ready to ask. But when you they do these surveys, are the people that are filling it out also giving their age? Because they're saying, "Hey, my turkeys number are down." Are you talking to someone that's been, you know, that saw the explosion of the turkeys in the '90s and early 2000s, or are you talking to someone who maybe has only been turkey hunting for five years? If they have a if they have a user account on our website, we can see their age. But we're asking questions um, like name, address, email. And then one of the questions is, have you hunted here before? What's the primary state you hunt? Okay. And so we set a pretty good baseline for, to, you know, be able to make a judge off of that. And it doesn't take long to fill these out. So people are, they're not going to have to commit like 20, 25 minutes of time to do this, right? Less, less than five minutes. The last three questions are open-ended. And so you can type whatever you want to type there. I guess that's where you can maybe get into over five minutes. I know some guys have written a small novels, 
uh, that's good. That's what we wanted. Sure. <laughs> we yeah. wanted the guys that were super passionate to fill it out. So Yeah, and, and the more the more information the better. All right, yeah. so, so Ron, exactly. you talk about the Alabama survey and, and you said y'all had a uh, I think this is very interesting and kind of shows the interest that people have in finding out more information about the wild turkeys. Uh, you, you had a goal of how many birds you wanted to collect, and then the number of birds that you collected was actually a full third more than you wanted. T- talk just a moment about that and, and the success of the survey. Well, when Dr. Dewsby and his team set this up, they they thought logically and realistically 300 harvested birds was a good base number, and that was enough to, to make it a viable for year one, for year one. And we'll do that through year two and three. But the way we set that up, we picked team leaders all across the state. That team leader built his team of turkey hunters he knew, and he was the collection point for those birds. Now, they had to be handled a certain way. You could take you could take uh, the feet and all the meat. You had to leave one wing and the head, right, Chase? Yes, sir. And... And, and leave the entrails in them and freeze them within a certain amount of time, I think three hours. Wow. And then the, the Auburn, Dr. Goosby's crew at the end of the season, or if somebody was reaching capacity, they would go and get those birds and take them to Auburn to a bigger freezer facility. And they're over halfway through the meat process on those birds now, and they are finding some disease. It's obvious. I, I spent a day. I spent a day with those guys, and it was interesting. Uh, they did 36 birds the day I was there, and out of those 36, there was a good handful of birds that did not have healthy testicles, had discoloration, and wow. just overall were not healthy turkeys. And I just thought, man, from a sample size of close to 400, I'm here for a day to to film and talk with you guys and and monitor the research. And I'm like. We've already got a handful just on the table today that aren't in great shape. But it was very interesting stuff. Yeah, and you, I have a question for you, Chase. What would yes, sir. supposed to be abnormal? I I uh, I can't speak to that. I studied business in college. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm being funny, but I'm also being serious. Think about that. Is it too many hands? Well, the thing the thing I noticed was with the researchers there. They didn't necessarily go into all of it. But the thing I noticed was size and coloration of the testicles themselves varied. And they said what was healthy and what was not healthy. And we had quite a few on the the not healthy scale, which was dark in color, very small, almost shriveled. And it it was interesting stuff. Hmm. Wow. Wow. A decreased sperm count is going to be. Wow. We walked on each other. Yeah, go ahead, Alex. It could be stress-related or food. It could be different things, but that could be some of the issues that we're having with uh, uh, the decline, possibly. Right, and that's what they're going to look at is they're going to go in and, and put those under a microscope and be able to tell us if those turkeys that had noticeably, visibly different testicles were fertile and able to breed or if they were unable to breed. And then with that survey that the hunters filled out, you can see whether they were with other turkeys and how they were behaving in the flock based off what the hunter observed. So we're going to get a, a good subset of information from all of that. And like you said, maybe that's one of the answers for population decline. Yeah, I was going to say that, I mean, just 
lower sperm count alone would just mean that they would have to, you know, try to multiply with more hens just to get a, a to try and maintain a a decent population. And if your sperm count, if their sperm count is low, you know, it, obviously that's going to make it a huge effect. Yeah. You know, we're th- we're always talking habitat, 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 but now you're saying they're uncovering sperm count may be an issue more than uh, what has been known in the past. And uh, yeah, wow. and also find out if that is a genetic problem. Right. It could be something genetic. All right, Wayne, about time it's to wrap been it up. Long, it, it's been long suspected that we may be killing the dominant breeder birds too early in the season. Exactly. And I am not, I am not a biologist, and I have learned that I don't speak for them, so I'm not here in this, in this case. But if... It could be that, that that bird that Chase is talking about that, that looked abnormal or unhealthy was um, just, he was not active sexually. He, he might not have been that sweet bird. He might have just been that weird kid hanging off over there on the side. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, guys, I know. We, I would say, yeah, we need to we need to wrap the show up here, the bonus segment, and uh, you know, thanks again for uh, joining us, uh, getting this information out. Uh, you know, I know this is going to help recruit some new hunters and get and get uh, some more surveys and hopefully some more turkeys turned in for you next year. And that, and uh, again, Chase, uh, where can everybody reach you at? Turkeysfortomorrow.org is a great place. My cell phone number is there, and as well as all of our email addresses. Sounds good. And then, folks, there you got it. And like we say here at American Roots, when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind.